Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100wattsandawire.com. Heard it, worked it, logged it. It is time to get the transceiver that is best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Visit icomamerica.com amateur and make the most out of contest season. And West Mountain Radio, specializing in DC power distribution and control, rig blaster sound card interfaces, and antenna management. Use code 100WMR to get 10% off your next purchase. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Oh, Lord, almost started the show with the coffee out of reach. That is not good. I don't know, I just uh, should confess I am addicted to the coffee. I love coffee. I love you, coffee. And... And you know that you're addicted to it. Yes, of course you need it all hours of the day, that sort of thing. But when you turn around and you can't find the cup, or you left the cup somewhere in the truck and you walked away from it, and you're like, the coffee, and you drop all the paperwork, or you know, that kind of thing. I'm sorry. One time I left the, uh, the mug. I'm running around with a... Uh, one of the uh, Dayton Hamvention mugs. You could buy a Yeti with your call sign. And uh, this was last, uh, this would have been 18. I didn't go this year. So, uh, but I'm still using this. And it, you know, it keeps the coffee hot. I, I tend to drink less coffee when my coffee stays hot. So that's kind of where I am on this whole situation. But how you doing? Good. Did you listen and chase the Apollo 11 lunar landing stations this weekend? Oh, man. Me too. What an amazing feat. I mean, if you think about it, 50 years ago, and really dig into this, I have to say there was a lot of things about my education that I didn't, you know, I didn't get to learn fully. You know, like dinosaurs and... You know, everything there is to know about the lunar landing, 1969. So I did take the opportunity to uh, dig in this weekend. There were some great documentaries on. I missed every one of them, but I was reading articles and learning a little bit about the struggle. Of course, there's a very famous movie. You know, you know what you know, and then you get a little bit older and you go, wow, what? You know, and you dig in like, ah, yeah, of course we learn. We, we learn a lot, too. And this may dovetail a little bit into our, our testing for the FCC and becoming an amateur radio operator. You know, you hear people say you memorize a lot. Well, that could go back to our school system. You know, you memorize when Thomas Jefferson, you know, did the Louisiana Purchase or Abe Lincoln, or whatever, right? You memorize these dates, and that's kind of how we go, and next thing you know, you get criticized for memorizing things on your ham radio tests, whatever. But I think I'm a product of the educational system coming out of Baltimore 
in the 80s or whatever, and uh, we just didn't spend a lot of time on the lunar landing. It's not right or wrong, it's just, you know, I'm doubling back to it. And just the engineering and the team, I mean, we hear about Armstrong and Buzz and Mike, but you, you know, the team that was behind them must have been hundreds of people created and engineered and helped this happen, right? Fascinating now, later on in my life, that uh, we'd, we'd pause. And I think that's a great thing about special event stations. And if they're good, they don't get caught up in... Oh, this is one that gets a little tricky because I would like to hear a little bit more about... Oh, we're at the Johnson Space Center. Okay, great. What about it? You know, what's it look like? But I'm one of these people who like to listen to the radio and on a special event have them teach me a little bit of something. Now, there are some people out there who just want bang, 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 bang. And I think uh, the people chasing and people waiting, uh, they want bang, 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 too. But, you know, there must be a balance between you teaching me something about your special event and why you're even there. Many, many different special event stations celebrating the Apollo 50th. Not all were giving too much information. I think sometimes ops get caught up in the pileup. And there's a feel that you need to get to everyone. You have to do, you know. I would recommend and suggest that, you know, like we do in broadcast radio, that you reset from time to time. You know, reset when you finish QSO or three or four or five or 55 and just say what you're doing. Now, It's a personal thing for me, but I can learn. And I did learn some, and that was good. good. What an amazing feat. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to dig back in a little deeper now. And, you know, we were the first. uh, Russia, China, uh, India, they've all sent up these these ships, I guess you call them, these unmanned. Uh, India just... uh, over the weekend or this morning, sent up another unmanned. They've been up there before doing radar, but didn't land. So I think they're fixing to land this time. Uh, at least a machine. No one's in it. Interesting. Space program. That's uh, fascinating. Fascinating science and engineering. It's, you know, it is, uh, it's important. It's very important. I had a lot of fun and chased a bunch of them and just sat and listened to operators go. Yeah. That was the main thing of this weekend. Had a power outage earlier in the week. Uh, a bit depressing. How about a sip of coffee? Go ahead. I've been ta- I need to clear my throat. <coughs> mm-hmm. Storms have been coming through. It's raining now, actually. And uh, it's a good soaking rain. And when I say a good soaking rain, it means that my whole effing elbow, this left side of my arm, and both of my shoes... Ah, and where the shins of my jeans wet. It's a good, that, that right there is good soaking rain right there. Steady, hard, but uh, kind of welcomed, man. We've had that uh, July heat here in Missouri. It's, you know, it's summertime, 108 with the heat index. Now, I'm not a weather person, you know, but uh, when they start talking about 108, I'm just like, it's just hot, dude. Just say it's hot. 
Just say it's hot. Gets to 98 with the heat indices of one. It's Hazemov. Two of my toes trying to melt together. You tell me about a heat index. Feels like. Feels hot. Like I might bust in a flame. But it's in many places. And uh, it's something you hear about in July on the radio. But uh, being moist and kind of wet in the rain, it's a different thing. Refreshing, but nah, kind of nasty. It's like the wet sock. That's how. So I'm kind of like that right now. This could be a really short show. Uh, speaking of, we got WG0AT taking us on another uh, trail talk. Fascinating stuff comes from Steve. I'm so interested. I go back and forth with my portable stuff. I've got it racked up right now, and I think it's cool. I got a small rack. It's not huge. We're not taking it in and out on a, a dolly. You can carry it out, sure, but you're not going to carry it up on a summit. And I started thinking more about summits when I was in Roanoke, Virginia, because there are mountains around. You could get up there, and I'm like, I can't carry this thing up there. And then part of you is like, how many times do you think you'd be climbing up on the summit there, Christian? Eh, you know, but there's something in me that feels that I need to have that. The same thing that makes me feel like I have to have five different wire antennas with me just in case I run into a scenario that uh, requires it. And what did I do in Roanoke? Mobile. Mobile. Trunk full of wire and things of possibilities. I think that's the fun part of it, though. Is it? Am I, enable me here. You do it all the time. But, you know, I've got to have, I'm, I'm a monoband dipole kind of guy. So in a perfect world, I'd take a 40 and a 20. When that's not doable, maybe some sort of off-center fed configuration of a wire. Maybe I better take a vertical. You know, it's like all these things, and next thing you know, you're packing all these things. And I am uh, definitely portable, but not ready to go out on a summit. And listen to Steve talk about what he's done. I mean, he carries like a 10-ounce radio type of deal. I mean, you know, it's like carrying a, a box of tick attacks, you know. And it's fascinating to me. He, he's also a code operator, naturally can do sideband as well. I've worked him, I think it was from Mount Hermon, uh, maybe a year or two ago. And um, But, you know, he's up there doing code. He packs really light, famous for uh, making the goats work and carry up his stuff. So an exclusive to 100 Watts and a Wire is a series we're working on together. Where he records along the trail, tells us what he's working on, what he's, well, you know, things he's finding out, things he can improve on, things that are working for him. So that will come up. We'll also hear from Neil, lest we get too long, and I'll, I'll be cutting it short here, and we can we can get into these segments here in just a second. Uh, let's see, but I, I meant to tell you about the power outage. Oh, this windstorm kicked up. And it just blew. I mean, it was like the wind that goes in multiple directions. The trees were whipping back and forth. And I thought, I won't even have an antenna up there come tomorrow, but I wasn't stressing about it. Power goes out. Storm hadn't even come here yet, but the wind got us. Six hours, six hours. And, and yeah, you do think about being tied to the grid in many, many ways is a good thing. Um, and it's probably expensive to take your whole thing off the grid you know if you were going to build it one of these like shows on the diy channel that's not cheap 
Not easy. But I did have a few things to keep me and my girls, you know, it's about 10 to 6 or so, and all the way to midnight. I've got a, you know, a bit of a converter. I've got a couple of good batteries, some bio batteries that I have that can run a couple of lights, some LEDs that I've got plugged in, battery power. We have at least that. We were fortunate that it stayed cool in the house, you know, in these temperatures. But it just gets me to thinking, and over the next couple of weeks, we'll probably start to think about, you know, this power situation and going back to, like, life here in America in, you know, the 40s and the 50s and even um, before the Depression time. And studying how they became self-reliant in many ways. I mean, a lot of the things that the pep- preppers are doing, and the peppers, the peppers is a family down the street. The preppers are uh, really emulating a lot of the things that were done in the early 20th century. You know, Depression era, just before the Depression, back in the 40s and the 50s. And I think, a, so when you're watching these preppers, and for me, I've got to be careful because not that I'm going to dip into this lifestyle. It's that I'm going, that's way too much. That's way too much. And talking about it on this program, I want to be right. You know, I don't want to come off as a, the alarmist. There's many out there that are already doing that. And they get you thinking. You're like, yeah, 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 man, I got to do that. Oh, I better do that. Oh, I better do that. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to some of that. Maybe you can just do some of that. Maybe you start off smaller. Maybe you learn how to grow your own food a little bit. Start a small garden. You know, maybe stock up on some water. Maybe you're doing things like that. Anytime the power goes out for a significant amount of time, in six hours with two little girls uh, in the dead of summer, for me, is significant. And finding out things that, one, will help bring light to the situation. Now, we had a little bit of natural light coming in. But uh, I needed to uh, get some more light so they can at least draw, play a game, see, you know, so you're not completely in the dark. So we have a couple things. But, uh, you know, you learn a little bit more of what you need, what would be better. And, and they didn't understand. You know, these are little kids. They get it, but they're also going to flip the light switch, you know, and we're talking about electricity. It was a great learning lesson, perhaps a homeschooling session where you're talking about uh, the power grid power structure and how it works and using you know we were sharing pictures of what it looks like roughly crude drawings of how the telephone poles carry the power down the road into the houses so you know over the course of six hours and and they got to sleep uh you know for a few of those but something to think about and something i want to trickle back into this show is maybe the first steps of self-reliance and doing some smaller things, you know, ones that don't make you feel like, oh, no, here we go again. I got to create a shelter, you know. Let's start talking about some of the uh, smaller things that we should do. And uh, power outage will get your mind going. I'll tell you that much. Let's take a break here. We'll come back and uh, find out what Steve's up to on that mountain next. When in doubt, hang them high. This is 100 watts and a wire. Brothers and sisters of the Hamily, make the most out of contest season with one of these ICOM radios. How about the IC7610? The SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. 
The IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an STR transceiver. Dual digi-select, RF direct sampling system, an independent dual receiver. And let's not forget the IC7300. Changing the way entry-level HF is designed. Visit icomamerica.com amateur to learn more about all ICOM radios. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. From the summit to the shack, this is 100 watts and a wire. This should be Trail Talk 3 or 4. Lost track. Right now, today, we're ascending Greenhorn. We're above tree line on a cloud in the sky. You know, I'm walking up the trail. There's nothing but finely ground shale. Or talus, I should say. Flowers are out. Tundra's just covered with little yellow buttercups. Steve's below me. Making progress. And so am I. Gotta get up this this ridge. Once on the ridge. We just contour along. Once on the ridge, it's about another mile. Oh man, we've had so much rain this year. The, the valley below is just emerald green. Looks like Hawaii. The air is really thin up here. People ask me why I do this. Yeah. That's a good question. Times like this when you're struggling just to breathe, it's it's a wonder. But once on top and you've deployed your antenna, you flick on the power switch and you hear the band noise without any QRM or man-made noise no plasma TVs no power line buzz just static from the band maybe a thunderstorm far away that's generating some static There's Steve down there. He waved his pole at me, so I know he sees me. Plus, we've got 1462 communications. And yesterday, we were without service, both uh, APRS and 
uh, cell phone. So my wife was texting me and somehow text message got through and she said I don't see you on the map anywhere you okay <laughs> and the next text was abducted by aliens question mark so yeah it looks like about another 200 feet to get this ridge couldn't find my sun hat this morning so I'm wearing a baseball hat which is not good up here reason being it only shades your face not your ears it just kind of covers your your nose and your cheeks so your chin and temples and ears are all exposed to the UV which is really intense up here Okay, a little more here. Wow, the tundra is just all these little white flowers and rusty red flowers that kind of look like a succulent. The leaves, anyway. That's amazing. Marmots and several other animals live off this stuff. Matter of fact, they farm it and store it up for winter and eat out in existence up here which is pretty amazing okay so when I get up here another 25 yards I'll find a good rock to sit on and lather up with sunblock okay on the ridge, I can see into uh, Rye, Colorado. North of that is Pueblo. And uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. All right, that's it for now. Be back with another short spurt. Um, we get higher up. I'll wait up here for Steve and lather up. Okay, so we're back down to the service road. Off the higher elevations. The weather did uh, close in on us just as we were wrapping it up, so we had to get, get off the the peak as fast as reasonably possible. Actually, it didn't look bad, but as we were about halfway down to the uh, head wall, it started to rumble at us. Wind's picking up now quite a bit. Probably getting a lot of wind interference. So, answer my earlier question about why I do this, or why I like to do this, is the feeling I have right now of accomplishment. Yeah, it was only a, a peak and or a summit, 
but I talked to, I don't know, maybe a couple dozen soda chasers and then um, both on HF and 2 meter FM and also got on uh, one of the satellite passes but it was just jammed there's no way you could squeeze in edgewise I think there was a couple of rare grids on today and that made for the congestion but not going to give up we'll keep trying got some ideas to reduce the weight of the antenna um, maybe build one nothing else that'll keep me inspired even though so far I only Q, only satellite QSOs I've had um, were when Joe was here KE9AJ and uh, he was driving the antenna and handed me the mic and said okay go and I did and I made two or three contacts I forget. So yeah, the other thing that is a huge payoff is just getting up there and looking over the edge. This this peak particularly has a knife edge on it, and you look over look over the edge and it's 1,500 feet straight down, and it's just gorgeous breathtaking but see how Steve's doing oh he's coming man big dark cloud up overhead right now back down on this service road that's blocked off from vehicle traffic so it's just a trail that kind of goes down the center of it lots of butterflies lots of little yellow buttercups and a big dark gray sky just waiting to crack some thunder. Beautiful day. Back down here where, where the air is a little thicker. About 11.4 11 is where I'm at. 11,400 feet. Trucks parked at uh, 11.3, I think. 11.250. This is Greenhorn Wilderness Area. And it's at the south end of this the wet mountain range which is adjacent to Rye Colorado and north of Walsenburg and the Spanish Peaks that look south due south I see the Spanish Peaks which are also soda peaks which also someday I plan to get to so today was a two, two water bottle day Plus, I had a third backup for reserve. And uh, I think that's about it, folks. Catch you on the next edition of Trail Talk. 73s. See you all later. WG0AT. Forgot to share one little thing that was really disheartening. Got up to the uh, summit. Someone has this little rock cairn or rock cirque built up that's about oh, 10 foot diameter and maybe three feet high. Somebody without a conscience shot a squirrel with his 22. The reason I know that there was recent 22 
um, shells lay on the ground and the squirrel had three or four holes in him actually he wasn't a him it was a her a lactating her so not only did he kill the mommy squirrel he killed probably the babies as well that was a sad sad sight left it draped right over the top so we went off and found an appropriate place for it. Anyway, it's just sad people do that. So that was the sad thing of the day. Good thing of the day was we got off the top before the weather closed in on us, made a bunch of contacts, officially activated the peak. It was a great hike, about 12,000, I mean 1,200 <laughs> feet gain, and uh, um, about four miles round trip. I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. Probably eat like a horse before that. Catch you later. All right there, Steve, WG0AT, going up on the summits. And you know what, man? Listening to him has got me thinking more about it. I am not quite prepared. My radios are too big. I mean, I would carry the 7300 in a backpack. Probably not ideal, but I might do that if I go to a place where I need to, you know, go up on the mountain. I don't know. I start to think about that. Like, oh, yeah, I need another radio. Mm, no, no, about that. You know, I don't have like $600 drop on like a Yesu, a small one. That's one thing I hope that ICOM, because I like ICOM a lot. I hope they come up with, and they may argue that, look, the 7300 is your portable rig, and it is my portable rig, but something smaller, like a 7300, and I'm even smaller, so I can go up on the summits, put it in my backpack, I don't know. I don't know, again, how many summits do you do a year, Christian? Never done one. Never done one, but am I interested? I am. I love the hiking. I love outdoors. And it gets you thinking, do I need that? Do I need it? And it, it's great for the manufacturers, but do we need it? Mm. The reality is our budgets really dictate. But I tell you, listening to him is exciting. And many people are thinking, man, that'd be better if you could hear it. Ah, oh, Jimmy, if we could just see the guy up on the mountain, then that'd be great. 1,500 feet to your death would be better on the video, wouldn't it, Jimmy? Huh? Uh, for me... You know, a radio guy for a long time, audio is just hearing him marching up there, listening to him breathe, listen to him talk about and describe what he is seeing for me, for me, is what I enjoy. But that's just me. Maybe other channels or whatever, doing other things where you can see them and whatever, whatever. But for me, audio is still really important. That theater of the mind, he painted you a picture, you make it. You create it and make it what you will. It gives me great pleasure to tell you that I am bumping Neil rap segment this week. Yep, we're going to do it again, Neil. Sorry, we're going to come back next week. Getting a little long this week and, uh, you know, it deserves... Uh, Better time, not tucked in so deep into the show. I want to I encourage you guys, check this out. Visit 100wattsandawire.com. A lot of great things going on there. You can become a sustaining member. It really helps the show. It'll help you because you get discounts from participating companies. 
Essentially, you give $25, and for one year, you have access to participating companies who turn around and give you a discount on your purchases. The third piece is they may earn your business. So look in uh, the website for ways that you can help become a sustaining member. Uh, Look at the Donate tab. Uh, Also, we have a traveling toolkit, and it's been traveling the country for a couple of years now. No issues. It's got a lot of great things in there. A complete list is on the website. For the first time ever, and you can see this if you join our Facebook group, for the first time ever, this Saturday, this past Saturday, uh, it was stopped. It was stopped by the Postal Service because they thought a firearm was in there. And they gave great detail saying, look, firearms must be presented to your window with appropriate paperwork. No ammunition can be shipped. You must have the contents uh, should be open for you when it's presented. Firearms may not be shipped person to person. Please contact the shipper and do not enter into the United States Postal Service unless all the requirements are met. A firearm in the 100 watts and wire toolkit. Now, this travels. You can request it through our website. It has a lot of tools in there that may save you some money on your projects. As an antenna analyzer. And it also has a soldering iron. A soldering iron. Uh, It was uh, misunderstood to be a firearm. And it's been sorted out now. Everything is sorted out and a good laugh. A little bit of a detail. I'm sorry that they were kind of, uh, you know, slowed down through the process. The United States Postal Service doing their thing. However, it didn't look really close because the soldering iron was confused as a firearm. There you go. I'll leave it there for you. But it did make it to its intended target. They're going to go and work on a great project if you're working on one and, uh, You need some tools. We've got some stuff that travels around the country. No cost to you, except you pay it forward. It comes to you, and uh, you pay the shipping uh, to send it to the next destination, the next ham radio operator who's made the request to work on a project. You hold it for a week or so, and then you pass it on. Check out 100wattsandwire.com to learn more about us. Get a 100-watt ID, all this great stuff. And until next time, friends, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.